Laura Pucha Valtorta, and this is the podcast B is for Bisexual. Our story today is Wild Boar Part 3, Big Ugly Family. I'm a content creator, and my films include Bermuda and Disability, both available on Amazon and Tubi. And I have a book of short stories out called Tall Sarcastic Tales. Reading with me today are my son, Dante Valtorta, and my husband, Marco Valtorta. Hi. Now, I will begin the story, Wild Boar, Big Ugly Family. When Renata Jr. was just a baby, Stefano and Renata left her during the work week in the mountains under the care of Stefano's sister, Elena Jr. and Chiara. The baby's parents were busy. Stefano was running a farinata place in Cavi di Lavagna called Stefano's, and Renata was working as an activist labor attorney in Genova. None of the grandparents wanted to get involved with childcare. Stefano's mother and father, Elena and Alberto, were busy running the Canelo Ristorante and made it clear that they were done with raising children. Basta con questi bambini. Three kids were enough, said Elena, and maybe too much. I have my Goomba group, said Alberto. Renata's parents, Annalisa and Franco, were posh furniture designers in Milan. They visited often, wearing designer t-shirts, both of them carrying fashionable shoulder bags. Every Monday in the mountains, Claudia stopped by the Canelo guest house to help with the baby. The post office where she worked was closed that day, and Renata Jr., the baby, was delighted to see her, raising her arms to be picked up. Claudia honked like a goose whenever this happened and made funny faces. Claudia, who was Stefano's ex-girlfriend, still enjoyed an affinity with the Canelo family. In particular, she liked the Canelo guest house, more appropriately named Casa Strege, because Chiara and Elena Jr. lived there. Claudia also liked Elena Jr. In fact, Claudia and Elena were dating. Claudia came over to play with Stefano's baby, and she spent the night with Stefano's sister. Is this atmosphere good for our baby? Stefano wondered when he had a rare moment alone with Renata. They were sharing a mushroom farinata at 11 p.m. on a Friday before driving up the mountain. It was April. Are you kidding me, said Renata? We have three loving babysitters, and our daughter is happy. I don't know about that, said Stefano. My sisters practice witchcraft, and they can really punch people around. His relationship with his two older sisters had always been rocky. That's the kind of babysitters I want, said Renata. Talented, tall adults who have a no-nonsense attitude. They love our Renny. Even Claudia does. Stefano frowned. Renata persisted. The real question is not who is taking care of her daughter, but whether she might someday turn into a wild boar. And that's on you, buddy. Stefano could not disagree. Renata Jr. looked just like him. She was promising to be tall with plenty of stiff, dark hair. She would probably need braces to correct an underbite. 
He worried that his daughter might have problems in school, become a pariah, have problems with anger management. I think... Said Stefano. Then you need to make sure our baby talks a lot. You know, expresses herself. You know, you have your talent for talking. Renata loved arguing in court. <clears throat> make sure our daughter takes after you. Maybe. Renata could see very little about their daughter that resembled her side of the family. She was an only child. Her parents were city people, small in stature. Renata Jr., looked more like the Canellos, a wild child of the forest and the mountains. Renata Jr. is great and beautiful, said Renata. I would re never want a child that looked like me. Too short. So Stefano felt himself worrying. If Renata Jr. looked like him, maybe she would inherit all of his problems. People annoyed him, enraged him sometimes, especially his sisters. All he could stand at the restaurant was a skinny, quiet kid named Bufo who ran the ovens. Their waiter was Ardit, an ebullient teenager from Albania who had his own group of friends. Stefano wanted to be alone in nature or cooking, but he also wanted to explore life away from his mountain upbringing. His marriage to a Milanese genius beauty allowed him to do that. He put his hand on Renata's shoulder. I really do hope our daughter turns exactly like you. <laughs> Closed Stefano's Farinata and drove up the mountain to the Canello guest house. The house was quiet. There was a candle burning in the living room. Ciao, said Chiara, jumping up as they opened the front door. She was reading the book of spells. Kids asleep in your bedroom. Ellen and Claudia are holed up in the master. I need to travel to Portofino this weekend. They have a problem with wild boar. She grinned at Stefano. Brother, your kind are a nuisance for the restaurants and bars. Tourists see them, they don't know what to do. Oh, those aren't my kind, said Stefano. He felt the hairs rising up on the back of his head. I'm a human being. Renata put her hand around his waist. Are you sure about that? Said Chiara, rubbing his back on the top of his head. Get your paws off me, said Stefano, shrugging and twisting. There were women all over his life. He was weighed down by women, and they were constantly palpitating his body. Renata pulled her hand away and looked a little hurt. Chiara slapped his rear end. I can't help it. We're a touchy-feely kind of family. And you're my baby brother. When are you leaving for Portofino? 6 a.m., said Chiara. Hey, your daughter is doing great. I think she gained four pounds last week. Renata slapped her forehead. Gee, I hope not. Soon she will weigh more than me. The next morning, Stefano slept in until 10 a.m. When he woke up, Renata and Renata Jr. were both gone. He stumbled down to the kitchen. Elena was making a cappuccino and the steam was hissing. Where's the baby? He mumbled. The two Renatas went out for a walk, said Elena. Want something to eat? Uh, jam, brioche, uh, un café. There's focaccia in the bread box, said Elena, pointing. I'll make you a cappuccino. Stefano stared at Claudia. Are you living here now, full time? Claudia ignored him. She was looking intently at her computer. Elena answered for her. Yes, we live together now whenever we can. But Claudia still has her house. You got a problem with that? 
Not a problem, no problem. But I'm worried about my daughter. We love your daughter, all three of us, and you're lucky to have three loving babysitters who work for free. Stefano imagined his little daughter growing up to practice spells and do the weird dances that his sisters loved to do, making the two-fingered curse sign whenever somebody got in their way. Chiara told me she went down to deal with the Cinghiali in Portofino. Yeah, she's considered an expert now. She leads them away from the square with a trail of special nutcakes. She talks to the younger ones and they laugh together at the tourists, especially the ones from Milan. Elena grunted and made mouth noises like a pig. <laughs> Stefano rolled his eyes. My wife is from Milan. Make a special exception for Renata. Elena smirked. Actually, your wife is a lot nicer than you these days. When Renata came in with the baby, Stefano ventured an argument. Listen, I don't think our daughter should stay here anymore. These women are a terrible influence. Renata Jr. balanced on her mother's hip, made a sad face. We shouldn't discuss this in front of our daughter. You're scaring her. Stefano could feel his spine humping his back. His hair stiffened, his jaw jutted forward. It was horrible to think he was scaring his own daughter. He ran from the cottage to seek out his father, who always had a bottle of Chianti in the fridge. Stefano found his father at his usual spot, the table just outside the restaurant kitchen. He was languidly peeling a pile of chestnuts. We need this for Christmas, he said. Stefano sat down on one of the wooden chairs. His father, Alberto, was serene, with large, soulful brown eyes and messed up hair. His biggest worry was having to dress up for any event, so he never did, wearing ripped jeans and stretched out shirts even to a neighbor's wedding. After working 20 years as a carabinieri, he never wanted to see a uniform again. I just can't fight them, said Stefano. Uh, Chiara, Elena, my wife, my daughter, they just do what they want, even if I think it's wrong. And sighed. <sighs> Alberto shrugged. So if you can't fight them, why bother? Maybe I see a better way. You may be the smartest guy in Italy, but if they don't listen to you, why waste your breath? Stefano remembered his own parents fighting. His mother yelled. His father said nothing. Usually his mother got her way, but Alberto seemed happy. He went hunting, he peeled the chestnuts, he worked in the garden. You know, when you and mom fight, she always wins. You let her win. Alberto smiled. I'm not from around here. It was true that Alberto came from Sicily, but since the age of 21, he had lived in Liguria. His family and friends were all in the mountains. I feel outnumbered, said Stefano. Maybe you need to have a son. A couple of cars pulled up in the parking lot, guests for the Saturday lunch. Stefano walked back to the guest house. Elena was gone, probably helping their mother cook. Claudia was still working on her computer. His daughter, playing with Legos on the floor, held up his, her arms to him. He picked her up and they sat on the rocking chair to read a book about Pinocchio. Do, 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 do. Elena Jr. was not the sort to stew in an angry way or ignore the world around her. When something was wrong, she tried to fix it. She could remember hugging him and rocking him when he was a baby, 
Stefano had always been a restless kid. She decided to consult with the local witches, a goombet table that met in a converted barn owned by Elisabetta. Sometimes they went down to Chiavri for coffee, but their regular weekly meeting was in the barn. When her husband died, Elisabetta had sold the olive grove and turned the barn into a painting studio with tile floors and big skylights. Julia and Rosa, the other witches, had always taken an interest in Elena and Chiara, who had special powers from the time they were born. Monday at 5 p.m., Elena pushed the barn door open. The Goombet group were sitting around a table with bowls of various flowers and grains in front of them. There were three lit candles. We felt you were in trouble, said Julia, who was small and spry and five feet tall. You're part of that weird Canelo family, so tall. So Sicilian, said Rosa. Here's a chair for you, said Elisabetta, gesturing to an uncomfortable metal kitchen chair, rusty, higher than usual. Rosa smiled. How is your niece? Elena sat down. She was sweaty and out of breath from jogging uphill. I, I don't want my brother to resent the power we have over his daughter. She's special. We don't know that yet, said Rosa, holding up her hand. Her mother is an attorney who went after a man, said Elisabetta. The child may not have inherited any power, said Julia. Elena considered this. I like Renata. At first I was angry that she took my brother away from Claudia. But now I see that that was the right thing to do. Some women make good wives and mothers, said Rosa, but they're not one of us. I can bring Renata Jr. to see you next Sunday evening, said Elena. You can see for yourself. She has powers. Saturday. You can bring her Saturday, but you, we usually don't meet on Saturday, said Rosa. Saturday is our day off. We can make an exception, said Elisabetta, so the parents can be here. The parents work like burros, but they rest on Saturdays. Elisabetta stood up. See you next Saturday at five and bring the baby. Elena kissed each woman on the cheek. Then she waved and left the barn to continue her run back home. One day, when they were older, she and Chiara and maybe Claudia would have a goombat group like this and make decisions that changed everything. But for now, her powers were weak. The next Saturday, it was difficult to drag Stefano to the goombat table. I don't know. He said, Those women give me the creeps. They should, said Claudia. They control the universe. Well, I don't actually believe that, said Bernana, but I've always wanted to visit a coven in witches. Elena and Claudia looked at each other and smiled. We have to bring the baby, said Chiara. And brother, show some respect. I owe, I owe those women for teaching me how to deal with the Cinghiali. This is what Stefano feared. Women who knew how to deal with his kind, cursed with blood of the wild boar. They all set off on the path up into the woods toward Elisabetta's barn. The climbing was difficult, but everyone except Renata was accustomed to it. 
Renata Jr. fell asleep in the baby carrier attached to her father's back. Stefano and the others trudged upward. When they reached Elizabeth's house, it was 5.15 p.m. The house was dark, but they could see that the barn and back was lit up with a wavering glow. When they pushed open the barn doors, they saw the light of 50 candles and a table surrounded by 13 at, women at least. Elena clapped her hands and hugged Claudia. The baby woke up blinking and staring. Renata's mouth formed an O of surprise. Greetings, ladies, said Elena. I didn't know there were so many in this group. We all love the baby, said Elisabetta. Renata Jr. deserves our help, said Rosa. They motioned for the Canellos to stand around the table, facing the assembly of witches. Rosa gestured for Renata to hand her the baby. But before Stefano could protest, Renata lifted his daughter out of the backpack and handed her to the short witch. Elisabetta raised her arms as if invoking wisdom from the sky. We are gathered today to decide a question of child care. What is best for the small Renata? Should she stay in a state-run asilo in Chiavri, the tourist town down below? Or should she continue in the loving care of her aunts, Elena, Chiara, and their friend Claudia, here in the beautiful natural mountainside of Liguria? Okay, the asilo is not that bad, said Stefano. Silence, said Elisabetta. We have decided, after many hours of deliberation, that the baby herself should decide. She's six months old, said Stefano. Another word and you will be banished from this assembly, said Elisabetta. Rosa held the baby up, and Stefano almost thought he could see her smile, her face bathed in the light from the candles. Elena, Chiara, and Claudia, step forward. The woman stood in front of the baby, facing her. If this baby, Renata Jr., wants to stay with her aunts, who offer their services for free, even though they are all working women, she will reach her arms toward the aunts. Honk, honk, honk. Claudia honked like a goose, and Renata Jr. reached her arms toward the women, her legs pumping with delight. Aimed. Si, si, la bambina parla. Si, si, la bambina a Hey, that's not fair, said Stefano. Claudia made bird noises. Renata Judah squealed at her dad. Clearly the baby was enjoying the ceremony. The child, Renata Jr., has chosen the ants, and in the opinion of this table of women, the child has chosen well. Everyone in the barn cheered, and Stefano felt himself joining in. Yay! 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 As if compelled by a magical Yay. force. The coven offered the entire group spiced tea and coffee. Renata grabbed the baby. She and Stefano sandwiched their child between them in a family hug. On the walk home through the woods under a full moon, Stefano felt at peace. Renata Jr. was asleep on his back. Renata, his wife, was tripping along light on the pathway. Raising a child was hard work. There was no doubt about that. But sometimes a family needed the help of the community to decide what was best. The end.